Welcome. You're about to hear an inspirational message by David Entry. May your faith increase and your heart be stirred towards God as you listen to this life-transforming message. Press subscribe so you're the first to know when the messages are released. Blessed are your ears for the things they hear. So, I was talking about Ephesians chapter 3 verse 5. In which, uh, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it has been revealed by the Spirit to, the, to his holy apostles and prophets, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel. So as I said, Peter went to the house of Cornelius and I spoke about circumcision and I kept going off and off. You know, and I said, when you are circumcised, you are in covenant. You remember? <coughs> So circumcision was supposed to be a sign of covenant. So all the Jews usually they are called those of the circumcision. Because they are in a covenant with God. And so when Peter in Acts chapter 11 verse 4 when he went back they challenged him that ah, Peter explained to them in the order. So by the verse 3 says that you went and ate with you went into the uncircumcised men and ate with them. So that's how serious it was. So watch this. So Jews and Gentiles cannot mix. And it's, it's unheard of. How, how would you feel? You join the bus, you jump on the bus, normal one day morning you are going to uni or you are going, and then you go on the bus and you meet, you see the queen is sitting near the, You'll be confused. No, no, no. It cannot be. You understand what I mean? It can never happen. Some things can never happen. So for a Gentile and a Jew to be together in one body, it can never happen. That's a mystery. But it was part of God's plan. And nobody knew. So he, just, he said that this mystery which was hid in verse Ephesians 35 was hid in God or hid from men or was not revealed to any man, was not made known to any man, has been revealed by his spirit to the prophets and apostles and prophets. Then verse, what's the mystery? That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body. Ah! That's a mystery. You know what mystery you are talking about? When we come together as a church, there's no male, there's no female in the spirit. There's no Jew, there's no Gentile, there's no race. It's we are one body. How? It can't be. That's the mystery of Christ. The mystery of Christ is that different human beings from different backgrounds, which naturally cannot even mix, we come to the church and we are all one. And we are all part of one body. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ through the gospel. Go to the next verse. Of which I became a minister. I became a minister of this message. I, of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effectual working of his power. To me, who am less than the least of the saints, this grace, this grace given to me that I might preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Because the riches of Christ is so deep, you can't finish searching it out. 
and I've been called to preach among the Gentiles. Look at verse 9. And to make all see what is the fellowship of this mystery, the administration of this mystery, the dispensation of this mystery. Men must see how this thing works. Because people can't understand. How they, so Peter went to the house of Cornelius and the Jews were confused. How can you go to the house of Cornelius? You are, now you are more more godly person with the Holy Spirit. How can you do something so ungodly? And Peter said, why do you call it ungodly? I didn't even want to go. Acts chapter 10, God gave me revelation. <coughs> Excuse me. And he said, go to. And I said, no, no, I can't eat it. I can't do that. I met you. And God said, don't call what is pure unclean. And he saw the vision three times and he was taken to heaven. When he woke up, he was wondering, ah, what's the meaning of this vision? And then the people who were sent for were sent from Cornelius' house. They arrived. <coughs> Excuse me. They arrived. And when they arrived, they, they said, Peter, some people are waiting for you. So they came. And then they said, Peter, uh, Cornelius sent us to come and call you. They call you and we go. And the Bible said, and the Spirit told him that go with them. So he went with them. And so when he got there, he said, ah, me have come, oh, Cornelius, why are you calling me? I wouldn't have come to your house because I'm a Jew. We are not meant to come to Gentile's house. And now that I'm even more godly, why would I do what is against the law? So I'm a Jew, how, why would I, well, excuse me, what can I do for you? you? He said, ah, I was fasting three days ago. And on the ninth hour, I went to the rooftop to go and pray. And when I was praying, an angel in shiny armor appeared to me. And he said, Cornelius, your prayers have been answered. Send to Joppa for a man called named Peter. So me, I didn't know you. The angel gave me your address and gave me your name. So I sent, and then they came and called you. And you two, when they came, he asked, actually, and then you came. Then Peter said, ah, of a truth, God is no respecter of persons. I perceive that God is no partial. It does not show partiality. In some translation, is it NIV? What does NIV say? One of the translations, okay, God does not show favor. Another translation says that God is no respecter of persons. It's King James, rather. Okay, let's go to King James. Yeah, thank you. So, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation, in every nation, look, but in every nation, he that fears him and works righteousness is accepted of him. So it doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your nationality. It doesn't matter your gender, your gender, your race. It doesn't matter. In every nation, he that does righteously and fears God is accepted of him. So Peter was surprised that how can a Gentile, God send me to a Gentile's house? So after the Gentile narrated the story and his, his encounters, Peter is a spiritual man. He knew, he said, wow. His first comments. Then from there, he started telling them, about Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed. So he told them about Jesus, and he told them about how Jesus, verse 39, how Jesus was crucified, and witnessed all things, both Jews and Jerusalem, who, uh, uh, who slew and hanged him on the tree. So he said that they killed Jesus on the tree, and then he said, but on the third day, God raised him back from the dead. And God and showed him openly to all those who have been appointed to testify about him. Not to all people. He showed him, not to all the people, but unto the witnesses chosen before God, even to us who did it and drank with him after he rose from the dead. Go ahead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and testify that it is he which 
was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead. So he told us to go and preach. Look at the next verse. And to give to all, uh, and to, uh, uh, to give him all the prophets, sorry, to him give all the prophets witness. So all the prophets were witnessing to him. Okay, this, thing, this is what I've been saying always. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believes in him shall receive remissions of sin. Now watch this. So now he preached and preached and told them about forgiveness of sins. So whilst he was here speaking, the Bible said that whilst he was here, the Holy Ghost just fell on the people. So the Holy Ghost didn't wait for him to say, I finished preaching. Now what would you say? Anyone wants to give his life to Christ, raise your hand. He didn't have time. Because it wasn't likely Peter would have done that because he wasn't still sure. But all God needed was for them to hear the message about Jesus. Because you cannot be saved until you hear about Jesus. So he said, just go and preach the gospel. Angels cannot preach the gospel. Didn't angel appear to Cornelius? Yes. But he couldn't preach the gospel. Angels can preach it. How, how can they call on him of whom they have not heard? How can they hear of whom they have not believed? How can they believe of whom they have not heard? How can they hear if there's no step there be a preacher? How can they preach it? Angels can't preach. They can't preach the gospel because they are not saved. The gospel is only men who can preach the gospel. So he sent the angel to go and preach to Cornelius. Sorry, the angel went to Cornelius and said, please call Peter, he'll come and preach to you because me, I can't preach. And then Peter came and after he told them about Christ, whilst he didn't even finish, as soon as he's finished talking about forgiveness of sins, whilst he was speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to him. And the circumcision, see the verse 45, day of the circumcision, you understand what I mean? The original Jews, who as many as have come to Peter, those who have also believed. So there are people who are circum Jews, but they have also believed. So they are believers, but they are of the circumcision. So those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. As many as came with Peter. How, why? Because the gift of the Holy Spirit has been poured upon Gentiles too. Now Gentiles are also in this thing. They were, they were confused. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnifying God. Verse 46. Because they heard them speak in tongues, they knew they have received the Holy Spirit. And they were, they were all baptized. So when all these wonderful things happened, Peter went back to Jerusalem, that's chapter 11, and then they sent for him. The people said, how can you go into a Gentile's house and go and eat? And he said, listen, brothers, you know me. I won't do that. But I was at Joppa, minding my own business. And in a trance, I saw a vision of God telling me a big shit, eat four times. And then when I finished, Cornelius, some people were, to, I was told some people are waiting for me outside. So I followed them and we went to, we went to Cornelius' house. And as we went, he says that, and he told me, and he says that, so whilst I think from verse 17 or so, he said, when, and when I was speaking, the Holy Spirit came on them and he said, who am I? He says, and I remember, as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning. He came on them the same way he came on us. I didn't get it. I was just preaching because I was asked to go. When I was, the Holy Ghost just bypassed me and used my preaching and came on them. How can I say, Holy Ghost, no, 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 you're making a mistake. How can I do that? How could, Peter said it. Look, look, he said that, and asked, look at verse 16. Then I remembered the word the Lord said. Indeed, John baptized, but not many days you shall baptize the Holy Ghost. Look at the next verse. 
If therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I should withstand God? And you are coming to query me, why am I going to the earth? How can I stop God? Are you getting the picture? So, the natural Jewish mind, a Gentile cannot be among God's people. But when Christ died, the curtain in the temple tore. So, the what has been containing God for just the Jews came out. And now it became as many as believe in him. So from all nations, God is no respect of persons. But in every nation, you don't have to just be a Jew. So now, that is the mystery of Christ. That the church is made up of two different entities who under normal circumstances, naturally, they can never miss. Mix. And they are all together as one family. He said, this I have been called to teach. This, look at chapter 3, verse 9, Ephesians 3, 9. And to make all see what is the fellowship of this mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hid in God, who created all things through Christ Jesus. Then that's, you know, we went to 10 earlier on, where it says that, look at chapter 10, where it says that to the intent, what's the intention of God? What's the plan? He did this to the intent that, now, by the, uh, the, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities. He has done this. So when they look at it, they are wondering, how can an ex-prostitute and a bishop's daughter and a bishop and someone who is a virgin all their life, how can they all be frontline in church and worshiping together? The devil thought he has messed them up. But he comes in and the angels say, wow, God, you managed to, how did you sort this out? And they all look holy. They all look one. There's no discrimination. I mean, this is, oh, this God is too much, oh. So they look at it and they begin to clap. Go, 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 God. Because they look at the church and it provokes praise to God. Hallelujah. Because of time, I wouldn't want to go to chapter 2 where he spoke extensively about the Jews and the Gentiles coming together in one body. One body. We are one body. There used to be enmity. Okay, so I'll say it. There used, to be en- en- there used to be enmity between the Jews and the Gentiles. They don't mix. I thank God I'm saying it. Because in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 11, it speaks about how you, who were aliens... Let's read it out loud. Let's go. I hope you understand that statement. They used to call you uncircumcision. You don't belong. Remember that that's what you Gentiles, that's what you were. Don't forget. Sometimes you forget too quickly. Today you are in church, you are singing, so you are behaving like you've always been holy. Remember when you came to church, you were at the back, you were crying. Oh God, one day I wish I could also serve God like that. Now you are in so much that you are bluffing. So it says, once Gentiles in the flesh were, were called, look at the next verse. That at that time you were without Christ, 
being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in this world. People who are not in Christ, that's their condition. Why would you envy somebody like this? Listen, if you are a person, if you are a man, a woman, why would you marry somebody with this credential? A believer, why would you go out with somebody with this credential? It's because you are veiled. You are veiled. You don't understand it. So he's such a nice person. We are not talking about niceness. Look at verse 13. Oh, I like that first, those first two words. Say, repeat it again. Repeat it again. Repeat it very loud. You used to, but now it's a different story. Somebody shout, thank God for but now. Say it again, thank God for but now. You know those days when we come to church and we are all singing, you feel so alienated, you're sitting quietly, you feel like, oh God, I need this, but look at you. But now, now all that is past now. You are so happy with Jesus. You are enjoying flowing Jesus. Why don't you clap for the Lord Jesus? <laughs> but now, in Christ Jesus, you who were, say in Christ. In Christ. Have you noticed I've not actually come to Christ in you? But now in Christ Jesus, you who were, who were once, who once were far off, have been brought near. How? By the blood of Jesus. Verse fourteen is getting hotter now. This is what I, the reason why I wanted to read this. I told you what did Christ do on the cross. He was working. What work was he doing? He was, he was condemning. Yeah, he was condemning sin in the flesh. On the cross, he was condemning sin in the flesh. On the cross, he was paying for our sins. On the cross, he was crushing the devil. On the cross, he was defeating, defeating the world. Five things he did on the cross. On the cross, he was crushing the head of the devil. On the cross, number two, he was paying for our sins. Number three, on the cross, on the cross, he was Condemning sin in the flesh. <coughs> Number four, he was defeating the world. So you notice that he dealt with sin, he dealt with the world, he dealt with the devil. Yeah. And he paid for our, our sins. So what we owed God. He paid it so God cannot say I'll punish you anymore because he died on our behalf. And then lastly, on the cross, which a lot of people don't know. Here. That's it. What was he doing? Okay. 
So I'll explain it. The answer is in verse 15. But let me explain this. For he himself is our peace. Now, our, our peace is not talking about peace between God and us. Peace between us. Well, human beings are always segregated. Uh, this group of postcode people don't flow with this postcode. But when we become born again, it doesn't matter what postcode we belong to. We are now one. So he himself is our peace who has made both one. See, both talking about Jews <coughs> and Gentiles. And has broken the middle wall. There was always come some wall that separates Jews and Gentiles. So even in the temple, there was a wall. Those who have become they want to they are Gentiles, but they want to practice Judaism. You can't join the Jews. You sit at the back, there's a wall between you and them. But when he died on the cross, and Bible said Jesus himself removed the middle wall of separation and moved us together. Now look at the verse 15. It tells you the other thing he did on the cross. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity that the enmity, that is the law of commandment contained in the ordinance, so that so as to create in himself one new man from the two that's making peace. So, watch this. On the cross, watch what is it is. He abolished in his flesh the enmity. So there's enmity between people, Jews and Jews. He abolished, he used his body. As he was dying, he was crucifying that enmity. So he abolished the enemy. So there's no enmity. Once we are in Christ, that's why it says that so as to create in himself, inside him. Once you come into Christ, inside him, he creates a one new man. But how can you, you know, positive and positive, magnet, when you bring it close to the repel. So, but you want to put together, but they can't come together. So you have to do something and remove the negative, the repelling force. Remove it. So the repelling force between us is what is called the enmity between us. He died, and in his flesh, he abolished it in his flesh. He did it in his flesh on the cross. He abolished the enmity, and so thereby creating within himself one new man out of the two. Wow. Is he not there? So as to create in himself. In, in himself, it's like you are playing in, in the room. No outside. If you go outside of the room, it doesn't work. So the sphere where this unity happens is within Christ. Once you are in Christ, you are one with everybody who is also in Christ. Thereby creating in himself one new, the church, another name for the church is one new man. And he said, you see, he created new creation. He created, it's a new thing. He created one new man from the two that's making peace. Are, are you getting it? That's the mystery of, the, of Christ, the church. That two separate people who can come together, they are one. One day, that wicked boy who hurt you, that wicked girl who hurt you, one day we come born again, and the two of you are all serving peacefully in the same church. It's one. It's one, one big body. There's enmity between you, but one of the things Christ did, died to do, is to remove the enmity amongst people. So once you come into Christ, he creates us, joins us. And when you go to 16, look at it. There's so much in the Bible. 
And that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross. Thereby putting, putting to death the enmity. Because the only way human beings can be reconciled to God is by the cross. So the cross is in the middle. He said, you come, he pulls you, he pulls you. And then he joins us as one. And then he reconciles us to God in one body. That's what it is. It's just so clear there. In one body. Thereby putting to death the enmity. So when he was dying on the cross, the fifth thing he dealt with, he dealt with the enmity between people. So how come you are born again and you are still enforcing the enmity? Something that Jesus died for. He died for. He paid for it. Verse 17. And he came and preached peace to you who are far off and to those who are near. Everybody the same thing. For through him we both. See, say we both. Who are the both? We both have access to God by one spirit to the Father. The same. Jews can go faster than anybody. Gentiles, we both have one access because in the body of Christ, we are just one. There's no discrimination. That is what makes it a mystery. And that's why the church is the mystery of Christ. Amen. God bless you for listening to this message. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and visit www.caris.org for videos and upcoming events. Remember, be a doer of the word and not just a hearer.